just unfurled around the corridors at Immer is Irish Gothic, the first major retrospective for veteran artist Patricia Hurl. In more than 70 paintings spanning 40 years of work, the exhibition provides a chance to think again about an Irish artist whose sometimes savage visions of the everyday perhaps now chime with the times more than ever. Culture Files Marissa Brown went to meet the artist at her studio as she prepared for the opening of Irish Gothic. It was a bright, quiet Sunday at Silverborn Studios in Ballybrit, County Offaly, where I went to visit artist Patricia Hurl. That's not finished. She's going to get a lot of damage done to her body. Um, this. I asked her about the name of her exhibition at IMA, Irish Gothic. Since it started, it's the one question I've been asked the most. Everybody knows the American Gothic that Grant Woods did, and he made it in a square, which is quite kind of unusual for portraiture. And I loved it. I always loved it. So I looked up the contemporary translation of it, and um, it does say it, it has horror implications, but I don't actually see it like that at all. I always imagined the big Gothic houses and lofty, lofty buildings, windows with mystery, doors with mystery, dark interiors, dark, darkness. And I think my work reflects that. As I asked Patricia about how her pieces begin, the different mediums she works in and the emotions that they capture, I soon became absorbed in her story. I used to cycle into to Temple Bar and see people and ideas would come into my head. And while I've always kept notebooks, and I still do, when I'd get into the studio, I would want to try and capture that as quickly as I could because I'd forget it. I was never short of subject matter. I mean, none, nobody is if they look around them. I was lucky to have this father who loved to fish and he would bring me fishing and we'd bring our paints. And that's the kind of childhood I had. And we, he was forever saying, look at that, look at that, look at that, look at that, oh, look at that. And I'm inclined to be a bit like that myself with my kids. When we go out, I'll say, look, oh, look at, the, look at the sun on that. I come from a family of spiders. We all have skinny arms and skinny legs and big, fat, roundy bellies. And so the sound of the sewing machine was the sound of the wallpaper of my life for definite. And there's a real comfort in hearing that. And, you know, they're all inside and they're talking and they're going to a, a dinner dance next week and they're making dresses for it. I started in college questioning things, being more political, saving newspapers, which I still do, noticing how women were treated by the church, noticing things that had passed me by when I was younger. And when my, my mum died... And a philosopher would say, you're going to find her in the, in the trees. But it's all too benign for me because there's a lot of anger there as well. Anger of the limitations she had in her life. She never left home, really. She, she was the one that stayed at home. She died at home and she died of cancer when she was only 60, 61. There's a lot, there was a lot of grief and all of that and, and anger about myself for not seeing, seeing um, it more. This here. 
that's another of the roses. Now I'm not I'm not even using it, but it was done before I did the one up about my I did ask my dad, could I go to art school? I had a dream. I had a boyfriend at the time who's a, a poet, as you are when you're seventeen. He brought me to different more contemporary my dad always brought me to the National Gallery, but he brought me to other places that I started opening my eyes. So I didn't get to art college until I was 35. I walked in there and I suddenly found my clan, as they say. People I recognised, people I could understand, people who spoke the same language. <laughs> I was in th final year. I mean, it was doing work that was going to be shown in a gallery. I didn't think about it at the time, but I, now it is. And I was doing this mother and baby and she's throwing the baby up in the air. And yeah, you are worried, is she going to catch it? And we all do catch it. But tell me a mother that doesn't, <laughs> you know, find it hard if they're doing this all the time, every day. I got a three-month residency to Anna McCarrig. And I was feeling very guilty because I had upset the families routine for all of that year really. Uh, towards the end of the summer we were having um, a new person was coming in a Swiss artist coming to stay and sure rumour went around her name was Terry Rudin so that's how I met her and from there it just went on I loved what she was doing, she loved what I was doing we, we felt we even knew each other in a former life somewhere so we're inseparable now, really. We're planning new work together, and that keeps us going. We live together through our art. Patricia and Terry also wanted to create a center for art where they lived, so they founded Damer House Gallery in nearby Ross Cray. It was important to them to foster a space for contemporary art outside of the major cities. I was curious to hear about another major artistic collaboration of Patricia and Terry's, which is Nikailikta an artist collective of eight women. Nikailikta came from Catherine, our academic. She's our academic. It does mean the witches, but it means the old witches, the pre-Christian witches. Uh, we got together and we thought up this great idea that we should rescue our friends from old age. Towards the end of our conversation, I asked Patricia about how she feels about the exhibition. She's happy and grateful, but has complicated feelings about her life's work on display for anyone to see. I loved what they did. I am absolutely astonished by the show, but I'm also kind of horrified to see my life hanging up. Patricia Hurl there, and the reporter was Marissa Brown. That Irish Gothic retrospective is now at the Irish Museum of Modern Art until May. But obviously, you don't keep putting it off and discover one day that you've missed it.